We're going to have Bible study, and we're going to do a lot of reading from the Bible. Amen. Um, tonight, we're going back to where we started, first things first. And what is our memory verse? Matthew 6, 33. What does it say? Okay, we're all going to start it. Ready, go. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. So first things first, we are continuing, like uh, Ms. Beverly said, today is the fourth Wednesday of this month that we are looking at the priority. And today I am going to talk about the priority of leadership. Amen. Now, what is the importance of leadership? Generally, what is the importance of leadership? Um, maybe the Webster's Dictionary or something else is going to tell us that leadership is that aspect of life that brings everything in every entity together. It brings everything together. I mean, make sure that whether it is a corporate thing going on, whether it is a hospital, whatever it is, everything comes together. It makes that happen. Hallelujah. Now think about it. If we didn't have leaders, how chaotic would our world be? Amen. Everybody doing whatever they want at whatever time. But then God in his wisdom has placed these things there. But we here are talking about spiritual leadership. Amen. Hallelujah. And we know that spiritual leadership is very, very important because our God is a God of orderliness. Amen. He wants everything to be in order. And so he set it in place. And the first leader he gave us is his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to move on. Um, why do we make leadership a priority? Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. I use the uh, New King James Version. Would someone like to read? Amen. What do you say? 11 through 16, yes. Amen. For he himself gave us this. He is a leader. And so he himself has established how his church should be led. And to some he gave to be apostles, to some he gave to be ministers, to some he gave to be teachers. Hallelujah. So God, through his son Jesus Christ, is setting up the standard of leadership in his church. Hallelujah. This is what we see here. And uh, when you read John 15, 9 to 11, 2, it's going to tell you something similar like that. God is leading us, showing us how, prior, uh, how we have to, how important the priority of leadership is. That is what he wants for his church. And that is what he is doing. Uh, John 15, 11, uh, 9 to 11 say, As the Father has loved me, if you read it, 
so I've also loved you. He's always teaching us, he's also leading us, and he's setting the standard for us as leaders. The next reason why we leadership should be a priority in the church, I see it as everyone here is a leader of a sort. Hallelujah. Everybody, as little as Josiah. Amen. Josiah is a leader of his sibling. Am I right? Amen. So if Josiah is a leader, then faith here is a leader. So in every capacity God has placed you, you could be a leader at home, a dad. You are still a leader if you are a mom. You are still a leader if you, at your workplace. In whatever capacity God has placed you, you are a leader. And so, as children of God, all of us here are leaders. So, it is very, very important for us to know how to lead. Amen. And it's important for us to know how to engage the same Ephesians 4.11. That is what it says there. All of us, we need to know how to engage. That is how important leadership is as children of God. Amen. The third priority of why we should make leadership a priority is leaders should be able to move people towards God's agenda. Amen. Romans 10 verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. My heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. What is God's agenda for his people? That all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ Jesus Christ. Amen. That is his agenda. And so, as leaders, if we are spiritual leaders, God wants us to be, this to be a top priority for us. Our focus is that we should be able to help move people towards this agenda of God. Because that is what he wants, that everybody should be saved. Amen. So if you are a leader, you are in God's house, wherever you are, do you look to yourself that I am in that capacity to bring people to that point? Can I bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? I think that being a leader, it's a kind of preparation. Amen. That is why tonight God is reminding us again of our role as leaders, even as children of God. Amen. That we have that responsibility to be able to move people towards God's agenda. That is how important leadership in his house is. Amen. We're reading again on the same point because I know it's top priority. The same um, Romans 10. Let's look at verse 9 and 10. Verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. I've already said it, this is one of the top priorities. So through all this, he is teaching us what we have to do and how we have to do it. Amen. In leading people onto his agenda. 
Amen. Now, the next thing I want us to look at is how to cultivate the attitude of spiritual leadership. How do we become spiritual leaders as God wants us to be? Hallelujah. How to cultivate it. I've already said that being a leader, especially in God's house, is a process. Amen. And so it is something that we have to learn. We have to cultivate. We have to accept to have. We need to humble ourselves and allow the Holy Ghost to help us to be leaders. Amen. The first thing on this one is that to imitate Christ as our head. To imitate him as our head. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. First Corinthians. It says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Hallelujah. Like Paul. This is Paul talking to the Corinth. Hallelujah. He's telling them, brethren, we cannot do this. We have to look to our leader. We have to look at his ways of doing things. We have to pick up from him. So even as I am imitating Christ, you also imitate me. Hallelujah. And so we have to imitate him to cultivate the attitude of spiritual leadership and set this as a priority. We need to imitate Christ. He is our head He is our leader. He is everything. As Christians, we need to do that, to imitate Christ. Amen. Um, What an encouragement from Paul if he says that. And what other better example of imitation can we have than Christ himself? Hallelujah. The second thing I want to talk about is that uh, we should allow the Holy Spirit to coach us. We should allow the Holy Spirit to coach us. Romans eleven sixteen, It says, For if the first fruit is holy, the lamp is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. Hallelujah. I cannot stress this enough. That we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God for direction. Because you cannot do it. The agenda is his agenda. The call is his call. I mean, sending us is his. The mission is his. Everything is his. And as people, we have limitations. Hallelujah. And so... We cannot stress that enough that as leaders, spiritual leaders, we need to rely completely on the Spirit of God. And it says that if the first fruit is holy, then the whole lamp is also going to be holy. We need the Holy Spirit to help us, to coach us. Amen. I think that we'll come back to the Spirit of the living God again, talking about how Immensely, we need him to act as leaders. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, The next thing we're looking at is that um, we need the righteousness of God to 
impute, to be imputed on us. The Bible says that all our righteousness are what? Filthy rags. We cannot be right in anything because we are human. But then we need God's righteousness. That's what he said. His righteousness to be imputed on us so that we would be righteous as leaders. And it's also part of relying on the spirit of God to give us that enablement. To help us to be righteous as leaders. To help us to stay focused. We need the spirit of God to help us to be righteous and have the righteousness of God imputed unto us. Amen. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is that sin should be utterly sin. Sin should be utterly sin. Ecclesiastes 10.8 Sin should be utterly sin. What do I mean by sin should be utterly sin? Let's read what the verse says. Whoever digs a pit would fall into it and whoever breaks a hedge, a serpent would bite. Have we heard that before? Whoever digs a pit will fall into it and whoever breaks a hedge or wall, a serpent would bite. When I say sin should be utterly sin, um, we are in trying times. Our generation and then millenniums coming up, everything is acceptable even in God's house. The fact that everybody is doing it doesn't make it right. Hallelujah. If it is sin, as far as the Bible is concerned, it is sin. Amen. That's why I love Pastor Sam. Sometimes he goes on and he says that, uh, well, some people don't like what I'm saying. But the unadulterated word of God, that is what we need. If he painted black and white in here, it is sin. But everybody doing it doesn't make it right. It is sin, period. So if you want to cultivate spiritual leadership, you should have an eye on that line. That you should stay away from anything that is going to taint you. Anything that's going to bring you down. Maybe you have somebody else at your workplace who is a leader in a certain church who is able to do so many things. And it's okay. But you don't look up to anybody. You look up to God and his word and what he has said. Amen. That's why I mean by sin should be utterly sin. And the second part of that verse which says that whoever breaks a hedge or wall, a serpent would bite. What it means is that as people of God, sometimes we leave the covering, the coverage of God. We leave the zone where we are and then we move into the world. That is when you break the hedge and it says the serpent will bite you. The devil is there. He's going to get you. And then we come running back to him. Hallelujah. We need to stay focused on what is right and what is wrong and see sin as utterly sin. Amen. Uh, um, 
the last but not the least of these ones says walk in the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. For us to walk in the spirit, to cultivate the attitude of spiritual leadership, we need to walk in the spirit. Is anybody there in Galatians 5? 16 and 17. Another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Amen. I say to you, walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. We come back to the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we take on the sinner's prayer and all that, our flesh doesn't go away. Hallelujah. And the flesh keeps battling with the spirit. Hallelujah. Our flesh doesn't die. It is still there. We still feel it. Sometimes we still feel like going to our old ways because our flesh is still flesh. And the Bible says it battles with the spirit all the time. Hallelujah. This is the more reason why we need the Spirit of God every minute. It's like day by day. I don't know how many times in the day you need to put on the Spirit of God. You need to ask Him to help you. You need to ask Him to embolden you. You need to ask Him uh, to help you not to divert to or digress in your focus on Him. It is very, very important. It says that we should walk in the spirit that we may not fulfill the desires of the flesh. To be spiritual leaders, we need to walk in the spirit of God. We need to daily ask him. Sometimes we forget and then we keep going and something would hit us. But every day we need to remind ourselves we cannot do it on our own. We need him to help us to overcome temptations. Very important because our flesh, we still have our flesh and it is fighting with the spirit of the living God. Amen. Walk in the spirit. Amen. Okay. Now I'll move on to ways to lead. How are we supposed to lead spiritual leaders? How are we supposed to lead? Um, as servants. The first I will say that God wants us to live as servants. John 3. Sorry, John 13, 5 to 9. I read. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean and you are clean but not all of you for he knew sorry sorry it's, i'm reading the wrong thing 5 to 9 and after that verse 5 he poured into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and wiped them with a towel um with which he he was guided then he came to simon peter and peter said to him lord are you washing my feet Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, 
you shall never wash my feet. Jesus said, if I do not wash your feet, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Amen. Jesus led by showing himself as a servant. Hallelujah. He went that low to wash the disciples' feet. And that's not the only one. He shows us several times that to be a leader, you have to serve. You have to be uh, uh, a servant to the people. But rather sometimes um, as human beings, as leaders, spiritual leaders, even in the church, sometimes it gets into our head and um, we rather want to lord it on, on the people of God. Hallelujah. But our example here is saying that he went so low, he wants us to serve his congregation. Hallelujah. That is the first step I want to say about ways to live. To lead by serving. Amen. The second one is by example. By example. And so we pick the same 13 and we see how he does it. It says, by example for others to discover their own purpose and identity. It is very, very important. The same John chapter 13 going down. Jesus doing this is serving at the same time. He is showing us example as to what we have to do as leaders if we do not know how, what to do. The third point is by teaching others to impact their world and church. Hallelujah. Let's read 1 Timothy 4, 6. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. If you instruct the brethren in these things. And so I will encourage you to read from verse 1, uh, sorry, verse 1 to 6. Then you will know exactly what he means by these things. Hallelujah. If you would instruct them. So ways to lead. The first one we said as servants by example. The third one through teaching. Hallelujah. If you would instruct them in these things. Hallelujah. Um, Romans 12, 6 to 8. Romans 12, 6 to 8. So you're going to teach people to use their gifts. Hallelujah. In Romans 12, 6 to 8, it says, Haven't then... Let me start from verse, verse, um, verse 4. As we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Hallelujah. So in teaching, 
ways to lead. You're going to teach people also to use their gifts. And like he's saying that the body of Christ has a lot of parts. So many of us here with different grace and mercy given unto us. With so many gifts put into each one of us. But God wants us to use them for his edification. To bring his house together. And to promote his cause. Amen. And so that is why some sing and some pray and some preach. There are teachers. Everybody has his or her own gift. And so in leading people, you are going to teach them to how they can be fruitful in God's house and how to use the gifts that God has put in them. Trust me, as leaders, this is very important. There are a lot of people in the church who need encouragement. You just have to look at them carefully and be able to tell this person, I think you can do this. You need to encourage them to bring out what is in them. Hallelujah. If we don't do that, some are timid, some do not know, so they always sit in the pews. Hallelujah. But as leaders, we need God's eye to be able to see, to teach, and to bring these things out so that all of us together, the eye, the nose, the hand for the church will all work together for God's glory. Amen. The last of these subtopics is the kind of spiritual leaders God desires. The first one is to be holy. God wants his leaders in his house to be holy. First Peter 1.15 He wants us to be holy. What does it say? But as he who called you is holy, you be you also be holy in all your conduct. As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. In all. Amen. I think it speaks to me, it speaks to you. Because sometimes it's like when we are out of his house, uh, maybe we think we can... We can do anything. But he says, in all your conduct, the kind of spiritual leaders God wants is for us to be holy because he is holy. Amen. Then the second one is to give our all to Christ. Romans 12, 1. To give everything we have to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Which is your reasonable service. Amen. Just verse 1. I beseech you to present your bodies, your bodies, your all. Give him your all. So giving your all, it could be your bodies, everything in you. Uh, I was telling the ladies uh, on Sunday when I went in there and said, uh, um, what do they look with their eyes? Where do they go? I mean, 
What do they listen to? What kind of music do they listen to? What do they watch? Do they watch porn? Do they do what? They were laughing at the, at the jail when I went there. But literally, that is what it means. That your whole body, from head to toe, every part of your body should be accountable to God as to what you do with it. Amen. And giving your all, like Pastor keeps saying, our time, our money, our effort, everything that we have, our children, everything that he ever gave to you, you hand it back to him. Amen. Giving our all, the kind of spiritual leaders that God desires, are the people who are ready to submit to him in every way, with everything that they have, with their all. Amen. Um, the third one is to love the things of God. Love the things of God. First John 2.15 Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's straightforward. Plain and simple and straightforward. Because um, the things of the world is engulfing us. Amen. Because sometimes even people of God, we are not able to distinguish what is worldly and what is not worldly. Like uh, go with the flow, something like that. But as spiritual leaders, he desires that we stick to the core of what exactly he wants us to do. Love him and his word and his purposes, but not the things of the world. Amen. The last but not the least is to work in his kingdom. If you are a spiritual leader, he wants you to work in his kingdom. Luke 10 verse 2. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Amen. The harvest is plentiful. Uh, some verses, versions of the, um, what is it? The gospel says, the fields are white. But this one says, the harvest is plentiful. But the reapers, but the workers, but the laborers are very few. Hallelujah. Are we ready to work in his kingdom? As spiritual leaders, he wants us to give ourselves to him. He wants us to be ready to go. He wants us to be ready to care for his sheep. He wants us to be in his vineyard and to work for him. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless you tonight. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, God, that you have reminded us once again of the kind of people that you have sought us out to be. That you want us to be spiritual leaders. That you want us to give our all to you. You want us to be heads and not tail. You want us to be 
reapers in your vineyard. You want us to care for your sheep. Father God, thank you for your word again that has gone out even unto your people. I pray, O oh God, that as we sleep tonight, we will think on your word. And it will begin to impact our lives concerning you and your kingdom. I bless you for my brothers and sisters here and for every household that is represented here. That you cause your favor and your mercies to be with us as we leave your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Salome. I know you're a busy, busy woman, and so you made time to give us the word tonight, and we really do appreciate that. Servant leaders, best kind of leaders to be, right? Full of the love of the Lord and His holiness. That's what we all desire to be, right? Amen. Well, thank you again, Salome.